0: One of the most common arguments we hear is always this discussion of Peter uh, and the way that it's rendered in in Matthew sixteen eighteen 18, uh, when Jesus says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, the Greek word there when Jesus speaks to Peter is Petros, um, but the Greek word when he says upon this rock is Petra. And so many people point out the fact that uh, those words do have uh, direct meanings in Greek, um, and Petra generally means a big stone or a boulder and Petros um, generally means a smaller stone, etc. And so based on this um, understanding, many, many people will advance an argument that basically says that what Jesus is doing is calling Simon Peter, Cephas, uh, a stone uh, or, or a pebble. And I think that there's a bunch of reasons why, uh, obviously, it, it's obvious why, why a lot of people put this argument forward because they don't want to think about the pope being the pope right i mean if the pope is the pope then any non-catholic faith has to fail intrinsically and so it seems definitively to be the case that uh we need to make sure that the pope ain't the pope right we got to make sure that that peter is not this rock upon which jesus is building his church otherwise the catholics seem to have at least a very uncomfortable claim now even if you concede this ground i think that there are many people who would say that even if peter is the rock nevertheless you could still have other arguments against catholicism in fact i'm going to share a bunch of those with you here in a little bit um, which is to say, I'm going to share a bunch of Protestants who actually agree that Peter is the rock and nevertheless remain Protestant. Um, I'm Catholic, obviously. Uh, so I, I think that this is more conclusive. Um, but I'm simply pointing out the fact that many people will say that just because you can see this ground, it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, that you have to therefore, you know, swim the Tiber and, and, and become a Roman Catholic and swear fealty to the Pope or anything like that. And so I was in this conversation, and, you know, I think, I think, uh, this Nick fella put it quite nicely, um, you know, summarized the, the Protestant position. Sivus means a stone or a pebble. Petros in Greek is masculine, gender means a small rock or a stone. Petra rock in Greek is feminine, means huge rock, foundation upon which a smaller stone rests. Jesus is the only foundation upon which the church is built. Uh, first Corinthians, uh, 3. Uh, 11 uh, we Christians are building our works upon Jesus, the only foundation of the church. And this is one of those times where you can just have multiple things be true in slightly different ways. Just because Jesus is the one foundation doesn't mean that the church doesn't also have the apostles and prophets as its foundation because scripture tells us exactly that, that the apostles and prophets are the foundation of the, of the church. The, it also tells us amongst other things, um, in, in Revelation that the, the heavenly city has uh, 12 stones as its foundation. Uh, and those uh, on, those are written the names of the apostles of the lamb. And so you can have different things being the foundation in different ways, um, without them necessarily, you know, absolutely overriding or overruling one another. And ultimately, nobody, including a Catholic, is going to deny that Jesus is the rock upon which our faith is built. In fact, what you will see, and I'll show you here in a few minutes, even the Catechism is okay with the idea that the rock in Matthew 18, at least in part, is Peter's confession of faith. And in fact, the Catechism even says that, but it also says a lot of other things too about Jesus calling Peter the rock, etc. And so as Catholics were actually very, very comfortable um, with being a little more fast and loose here um, because we can, right? So, here is my long five point argument, and I'm just going to walk through this here. I've done this a few other places on this channel, um, but I, I felt like this would be a really good place to do this. So um, and the first thing that I always point out is if you look at the the structure of Matthew 16 verses, uh, 15 to 19 or whatever, it's a threefold blessing. And each part of that blessing is itself in three parts, the blessing, and then an explanation of the blessing, and then a further explanation of the blessing. So it's a threefold blessing of Peter. And it goes something like this. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, or Simon bar Jonah. Now, why is he blessed? Because flesh and blood has not revealed this to him. But tell me more. Well, not flesh and blood, but my father who is in heaven, right? Or uh, that's a typo. I'll fix that later. Um And then he gives another blessing. I tell you, you are rock. You are Peter. You are Petros. And what does that mean? Well, upon this rock, I will build my church. Okay. Tell me more. And the gates of hell or Hades will not prevail against it. Cool. Third part, I give you singular the keys to the kingdom. Why? Because you're blessed and because you're the rock. Uh, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Great. What does that mean? It means whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Okay, tell me more. It also means whatever you loose on heaven is loosed on earth. And I didn't even go into this and I kind of, I I should have. And in fact, I think one of the resources I share in this post does go into this, but this idea of the steward of the kingdom, uh, who is the holder of the keys itself goes right back to the Davidic kingdom. And the Davidic kingdom was such that um, the king's job was to be off and away fighting for the advancement of his people and the safety of his people and the advancement of the kingdom. And, uh, Generally speaking, the king would be leading the armies. In fact, uh, David himself gets in trouble, um, when he neglects to do this duty and instead, uh, is walking around on the rooftops, sees a pretty gal, hubba, 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 winds up, you know, getting Bathsheba pregnant, tries to, uh, cover up his mistake and winds up basically having her husband, uh, executed on the front line. Um, you know, accidentally, right? They, they pull back and, and Uriah is struck down. So, um, in the king's stead, though, he would leave a bunch of ministers ruling the kingdom because kingdoms don't just rule themselves. And his ministers were so many that he needed one minister elevated above all of them in order to be the prime minister or the the head steward of the of the house. The the albayit, I believe, is the uh, the the Hebrew word there. Um, Grant Petrie, Grant Petrie goes into this a lot. Uh, and some of the things he talks about, but the uh the symbol of course, of that steward was the key to the kingdom, and whatever he opened, no one would shut, and whatever he shut, no one would open, whatever he bound, no one would lose, whatever he loose no one would would bind um and so literally, even if you were um a Jew in the first century who thought Jesus was totally off his rocker and there was no way that this guy was the Messiah, you would still understand that people are making this connection. They're, they're claiming he's the, the son of David, the, the shoot of Jesse. And then you'd see him with his 12, his his quorum, his his inner circle. And if you overheard him telling one of them he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom, you would instinctively understand, even if you thought he was crazy you would understand, oh, this is the guy that he's making his prime minister, his prime steward. In fact, uh, just this Sunday at mass, the readings were um, from the the gospel reading was from Luke 12. And there's a really fascinating passage in Luke 12 that actually, and this is not the place to talk about it, uh, but actually goes into um, purgatory uh, and and judgment after death and, and, and punishment, but not um, absolute damnation after death, etc. But it's done in the context of, of Peter asking Jesus, you know, are these parables you're telling us for us, or for everyone? And then Jesus looks at him and says, Well, let me tell you a story. Who is the good and faithful steward to whom the master puts in charge of his house? And so, even, even in that story, Jesus is relating this to Peter and he does this all over the place. We see Peter always as the leader of the apostles, etc. Again, he's always listed first amongst all the lists of the apostles. Matthew even calls him in, in Matthew. Matthew 10, he says, These are the, the apostles of the Lord. First, Simon, Protos. And uh, of course, Peter wasn't first. You know, Andrew found Peter or found Jesus and then brought Jesus to, to Simon and says, Simon, Simon, we've, we found the Messiah. You see this in John 1. Uh, and in fact, in John 1 42, Jesus immediately says, uh, Upon meeting Peter, upon meeting Simon, you will be called Peter. And then John does this uh, a great service. He does this repeatedly in his gospel and translates this as which means. Um, he says Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock, right? So anyway, the simple point is, this is a threefold blessing. And it does not make sense in the midst of this threefold blessing for this to be an insult to Simon and to to naysay against him so this rock upon this rock principally because of the structure of this passage has to refer to peter and honestly i don't think you need to go anywhere beyond that that is about as clear as it gets but of course we can go a lot deeper than this we know for instance that Jesus spoke Aramaic. And the word in Aramaic, he just for Peter's name is Kepha, which you often see transliterated as Cephas uh, in English, which is to say uh, it's the, the Greek word then transliterated from Greek into English. So, you know, whatever, if you were to transliterate directly from Aramaic, it would look more like Kepha, but this is how you're normally going to see it in your Bible. Now in Aramaic, the word for a small stone is Evna, not Kepha. And so if Jesus had intended for Peter to be known as Little Stone, we wouldn't be speaking of Simon Peter. Um, you wouldn't be seeing him referred to as Cephas. You'd see him being referred to as Evan or Evna. And so we'd be speaking of Simon Evan, not Simon Peter. But that's simply not the case. Um, again, as it's often pointed out, Petra is feminine. Petros is masculine. And it is fine to use feminine words to speak of people. Um, if there's no other way to to make that word masculine, but it is not okay to use that word as a name for somebody. So calling Peter Petra would be like giving him the name Mrs. Rock. And in a, you know, we're in a very gender fluid time these days, right? Uh, maybe people would bat fewer eyes now than they would back then, but back then that simply is something you couldn't do. It would have been so jarring, people would have thought he was a disgrace. Um, and so Jesus is simply adjusting the word or rather, uh, Matthew is adjusting the word uh, in 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 Greek, as again, Jesus would have called him uh, Kepha in Hebrew, uh, or sorry, in Aramaic. And he's doing this specifically because um, he wants you to know that peter's name is is masculine right now what's fascinating here is there are actually multiple multiple protestant scholars who fundamentally disagree Um, with all of the objections that are raised. They make the claim that there's no distinction between Petros and Petra. Um, That two different Greek words are used because you you can't use a feminine word for a man's name. Um, They argue that this rock does refer to Peter and they argue that the identity of the rock Petra is affirmed by the Aramaic that Jesus is just speaking. So these are all the points I just make and they all make this argument. I'm going to jump over really quickly and show that this is not a Catholic position. I'm going to read these. Um, I hopefully have time to do this. Um, actually I'm going to put a link to this down below and, um, You guys can read this at your own, but I'll I'll just pick a couple up. So there's no distinction between petros and petra in Aramaic. Peter and rock are the same word in Greek. Here they are cognate and they are used interchangeably. Although it's true that petros and petra can mean stone and rock respectively in early Greek, the distinction is largely confined to poetry. Many insist on the distinction between the two Greek words, thou art petros and upon this petra, holding that if the rock had meant Peter, either petros or petra would have been used both times, and that petros signifies a separate stone or a fragment broken off, whereas Petros a massive walk, rock, but this distinction is almost entirely confined to poetry. The common prose word instead of Petros being lithos, uh, nor is the distinction uniformly observed. Um, I grant that Greek Peter, Petros, and Stone, Petra mean the same thing, save that the first word is Attic from the ancient classical Greek dialect of the Attica region, and the second is in the common tongue or koine. That's actually John Calvin himself, um, I believe, making that commentary. Um, The obvious pun, which has made its way into the Greek text as well, suggests a material identity between Petra and Petros, the more so as it is impossible to differentiate strictly between meaning of the two words. Uh, secondly, the two Greek words are used because you can't use a feminine noun for a man's name. The Greek makes the distinction between Petros and Petra simply because it's trying to preserve the pun. And in Greek, the feminine Petra could not serve as a masculine name when using both masculine and feminine form of the words. However, Matthew is not trying to distance Peter. Petros from this rock, Petra. Rather, the evangelist changes gender simply because Simon, a male, is given a masculine form of the feminine noun as his new name. The name Peter is not now given, but prophetically bestowed by our Lord on his first interview with Simon back in John one forty-two, or Cephas signifying rock, the termination point being only altered from Petro to Petra. Petra to Petros, rather, to suit the masculine appellation, uh, denotes the personal position of this apostle in the building of the Church of Christ. I'm going to jump down a little bit more. This rock refers to Peter. Jesus is then promising Peter that he is going to build his church on him, and I accept this view. Nowadays, a broad consensus has emerged in accordance with the words of the text and applies the promise of Peter as a person. On this point, liberal and conservative theologians agree, as well as representatives from, of course, Roman Catholic exegesis. Um by the words this rock Jesus means not himself nor his teaching, nor God the Father, but nor Peter's profession, but Peter himself, this is John Knox. Um, if uh, if then Matthew sixteen eighteen forces us to assume a formal material identity between Petra and Petros. This shows how fully the apostolate and in it to a special degree the position of Peter belongs to and is essentially enclosed within the revelation of Christ. Petros himself is this Petra, not just his faith or his confession. There is no good reason. It's going to read a couple more here. There's no good reason to think Jesus switched from Petros to Petra to show that he was not speaking of the man Peter, but of his confession as the foundation of the church. The words on this rock, Petra, indeed refer to Peter. Um, so on and so forth. And of course the identity of Petra is affirmed by the Aramaic. Um, you are pet, you are Peter. And that is rocket upon this rocket build my church on you, Peter, I build my church. The Lord is speaking Aramaic and probably said, and says to you, you are Kepha and on this Kepha, I will build my church. So on and so forth. So you can read, there's a lot more here. There's also some readings about the keys of the kingdom and how they stem from that passage in Isaiah 22, which foreshadows, uh, the, what Jesus is doing here and the the chief steward of the house. So um and then lastly um i'm just going to point out that none of this necessarily means that jesus couldn't also be the rock um, or even that the statement of faith could also be the rock and in fact the catechism in a certain paragraph 424 states exactly this it says moved by the grace of the holy spirit and drawn by the father we believe in jesus and confess you are the christ the son of the living god on the rock of this faith confessed by saint peter christ built his church that is in the catholic catechism so the catholic catechism is actually oddly comfortable with the idea that the profession of faith could in fact be referring, uh, or or rather Petros um, or Petra could be referring to that profession of faith. However, if you take a look at the catechism as a whole, as it is, these are all the citations of Matthew 16, you're going to see a lot here and I'm just going to do this really quickly. So you can see, you know, Simon Peter holds the first place in the college of 12. He says, you are Peter. And upon this rock, Peter will remain the unshakable rock of the church. Um, He names Peter the rock of his church, so on and so forth. So you can see in all of these other passages in, in the catechism, and I'll include a link to this down below as well, um, that the church definitely understands Peter primarily to be that rock. But I just think it's interesting to note that, uh, you can have multiple things being true at the same time. So anyway, I hope this was helpful and, uh, yeah, let me know if you have any questions or comments.